0: Hey, before we get into the podcast, I just want to thank this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Sock Panda. They are a monthly sock subscription service, and I have personally bought them for members of my family, specifically my daughter. She absolutely loved them. Once a month she'd be able to go out to the mailbox and get a new pair of socks, and it was always a surprise on like what they were. Sometimes it was like a surfing squirrel and other times were aliens. It was just pretty much all sorts of socks for everything you could possibly imagine. And they have men's socks, women's socks, tween socks, uh, kids socks. And you can go on and you can purchase just one set, or you can get a subscription and it makes for a great gift. And this we're heading into the holiday season and supply chains are an issue. So this is going to be a great gift that gives for the whole year or six months or however long you want to sign up for the sock subscription. And even better than that, the Sock Panda team is is dedicated to using its socks to make the world a better place. The company donates socks to those in need for every purchase. As of today, the company has donated over 141,000 pairs of socks to homeless shelters, low-income senior centers, hospitals, and underprivileged classrooms throughout the country. You can't go wrong with Sock Panda. They make great stuff and they do great things. And today they're giving our listeners a 15% discount. So you can go to sockpanda.com slash discounts slash 15 to get 15% off your order. And we just want to say thank you to them for sponsoring the show and make sure you go there and get some socks for yourself or for your loved ones this holiday season. Welcome back in Nebriarites. This is Andy of the Art Podcast. And uh, I'm up a little early today, for me anyways, um, because we we had, uh, you know, there's time zones and they're, they're difficult. And I'm not going to lie, the first time I wrote this in my calendar, I wrote that it was 8 p.m., not 10 a.m. because I added five hours instead of subtracted. Um, but we are joined <laughs> today by Kit Bus, who is in London. Um, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, good morning. Thank you for getting up early. <laughs> <to> <laughs> it's not
0: that me. early. I'm I'm lazy. That's really what the point. It's it's not, it's I not mean, the time of know, day. Same
1: same here. Yeah. Same here. It's a Friday, so it's almost the weekend.
0: Yeah, just about. I don't I although I feel since like COVID rolled around, I I I honestly have absolutely no idea what day of the week it is. I went to oh god, local, no. A, a local drive in was doing um uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show with the full shadow cast and everything, and I'm like, oh man, my daughter would have loved this. I should have brought her. I'm like, ah, oh, but it's a school night, and they're like, Andy, it's Saturday, and I'm like, oh,
1: right, oh is, no, so. yeah, time time is very much an abstract these days. Mm.
0: But um, so Kit, uh, you're an illustrator, or comic book artist. Is that like how you would describe yourself?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's yeah i suppose yeah that's probably the most the most accurate way to to put it it covers most of the bases so um yeah
0: was it was comic books always kind of like an industry you were looking to get into or did you kind of more happen into that so i don't i know a little bit about you but only from a certain point that um you know i think
1: you can guess when i've I've sure yeah Yeah. (laughs) the 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 logical jumping on point yeah um yeah. So, uh, I mean, when I, I went to university to study uh, traditional animation uh, back in the day, and, um, and that, was, that was initially what I sort of had in mind. I went into it thinking, oh, I love animation and traditional animation is the best. And, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. And after three years studying it at university, I came out the other side going, this is not what I want to do at all. <laughs> um, you know, it was, yeah. it was a valuable experience in that regard. But obviously, you know, for any, anybody who, who knows, um, you know, even a little about animation, it's very hard graft. And I think you really have to love it. And I definitely loved it as an audience member, but was not so good at it as a, as a you know, uh, an actual an animator. Um, and so I kind of came out of that and, and floundered a bit thinking, oh, gosh, well, you know, I'm, I'm about to graduate and I have no idea what I'm what I'm going to do. Um, and uh, and I was uh, I, you know, grew up sort of uh, reading comic books and got into them in a big way in my teens, reading X-Men and uh, and and sort of uh, quite a lot of Nightwing as well and that sort of stuff. Um. And, uh, and and then kind of got into manga and, and anime and that sort of thing around maybe about 18 or so. And, uh, and it, it was it, it was a, a visual medium still, and it was um, it was storytelling, which was I guess the main crux of what I wanted to go into was telling stories. Um, but yeah, it just it, it was kind of a it was a sidestep that just kind of occurred. Um, and I had some friends who were also, uh, very into comics and, and drew comics and we formed a studio and, uh, and that then led to we had some friends who were already very well established in the industry at the time and basically through happenstance uh, a friend of ours who'd been approached to work on a project uh, with Leah Moore and, and John Repian and Channel 4 over here in the UK uh, she didn't have time to to work on this comic they'd approached her about, but she came to us and basically said, "Well, would you be interested in in doing it in my stead?" Um, so she designed the characters, and the studio that my friends and I had formed, we we jumped on as the artists, and that kind of got the ball rolling. And from there, um, it was yeah, I've been I've been doing comics in in one way or another ever since.
0: I, I, there's so much of that story that I relate to. Like I went to art school and. I'm like I want to be a comic book artist because I grew up like two blocks from a comic book store and was, you know, I had I don't know thousands as a kid. Mm. Got to school and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's what I want to do. And, and kind yeah, of, you know, the same thing, floundered. And, you know, ended up working retail a lot, and it took me kind of years to kind of figure out exactly what it is I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. Um, but I also love the the you know so much. Especially when you're kind of freelancer and independent, it comes from that networking and someone getting too busy or someone being like, "Oh, who's perfect for that?"
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it's it's so it's so valuable and it's interesting because I see, um, you know, you you sort of see these uh, these occasional kind of stigmas that that pop up online amongst, particularly amongst, I guess, younger artists that kind of say. Um, oh, you know, you you mustn't use reference images because that's cheating, or you you shouldn't network because you know you should be doing it on your own steam kind of thing. And honestly, really, that's a um, thing
0: that people say that seems so yeah, insane. I've,
1: it it it's bizarre because I've seen people come at it from the, the angle of saying you know it's it's basically stepping on people to get somewhere. Um, mm. and I, I I I see how you know I see how people get there. Um, but in my experience, very much, I think, you know, pretty much every gig I've ever landed, every professional gig has been as a result of knowing somebody who was looking for an artist at the time. Um, and I also think, you know, it's pretty much any creative industry is, it's a fairly small industry. I think when you get to a certain level, everyone knows everyone else. Right. Um, so it's always in your best interest to I guess to to put it very bluntly to not be a dick um you know like make good connections make friends um and you know and like you say work work goes around like um the number of artists that yeah it's a supportive community so if you know people or you have friends that kind of get approached for a job and they have to turn it down because they've got too much on or they're tired or they're you know that they're not in a position to to work on the project at that time Um, and having been in that position myself it's always it's always kind of nice to be able to turn around to the person who's approached you and say well I can't do it but here's a couple of names of people who I think would be really good for this Um, partly out of you know because you you want everybody to to have a a crack at sort of having a, a, a go at doing stuff but also because um you know you don't want to leave this person in the lurch and just go oh no sorry i can't do it you're on your own um yeah i would love to ask
0: those people about you know not networking be like well what if you had too much work and someone came to you would you not recommend like your best friend
1: yeah exactly Uh, like you know in in uh as, as far as I've kind of come across it in the past and been part of that community it's always been a very like it's been a very healthy very supportive kind of thing the networking it's not um it's not emphatically not a case of stepping on people to get where you want to go and that should never be the case but um you know in insofar as um knowing people and and being able to collaborate with people that you want to work with and stuff. It's, you know, it's to my mind, it's, it's pretty essential. So
0: I always find it interesting, the quote, it's cheating mentality of like you, you said, using reference photos. I mean, everybody mm, uses reference yeah. photos. I'm I'm kind of astonished by that, but um, it seems like it's that way in every creative field and the more that, technology kind of kicks in the more that you see that i I, um was at an open studios and i and i walked into the studio and they manufactured um scale models for museums so it was like battleships and airplanes and that sort of thing oh wow and i was kind of like looking around and i'm i kind of turned to the it was like i think there were three guys there and i'm like all right which one of you guys hates 3d printers and like they all (laughs) laugh and one guy's like it's cheating and blah 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 and i'm like you know, it's like anytime there's like new technology that comes in, there's like the people who gravitate to it and like this is a huge, awesome tool. And the other people who are like, no, it's cheating.
1: Mm, yeah. Um yeah, I mean, particularly, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I remember back when I was looking at studying traditional animation. I went through that mindset very much so, um, you know, I was I used to be very much a proponent of the the whole thing of, um, you know, our traditional 2D animation, all the hand drawn stuff. That's the only way that's the true craftsmanship. And, you know, th- uh, digital animation, 3D animation is it's They only do it because it's cheap and it doesn't take as much skill because the computer does it all for you, which is such a, an uneducated position to take. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I have friends now who work in the games industry and, and work uh, doing 3D animation. And I've seen the amount of work and the amount of skill that goes into it. And particularly, like, recently, my husband and I have been watching through Arcane. Um, and, you know, that, that shit's just mind-blowing. It's so good. And I look back on, you know, uh, having having had that position when I was younger and just think, man, you know... That's such a, it's such a narrow minded stance to go just because you're doing, you know, just because you're drawing this with a pencil and paper, it's somehow more, you know, more valuable. Um, I I wonder how
0: far that goes back, like if there was some borderline prehistoric guys like a hammer, you're using a hammer, I nail things together with rocks, (laughs) like, like a real craftsman
1: that's it yeah none of this newfangled metal stuff you know yeah. stone is the way <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it's um, I, I think also like people you know there's yeah it it's such a it's such an interesting thing because you know obviously um, with uh, with things like procreate and stuff as well which is predominantly what I work in these days uh, mostly just because it's efficient because obviously when you're working professionally having an undo button is um is is nice and efficient um but yeah I I did a I did a live sketching panel at Thought Bubble recently Mm -hmm. and I was I was up there with uh three other artists um you know and all of it, and I went into it thinking, "Oh my God, why, why have they asked me to do this? I haven't drawn with a pencil. Um, my younger self would be horrified. I haven't drawn with a pencil in like four years. I'm yeah. going to embarrass myself horribly." And when I when I got there, and I was talking to to the other artists, all of us were stood there going, "Oh God, why have we said yes? We all work <laughs> traditionally. How are we going to cope? Oh, sorry, not not traditionally. We all work digitally now. How are we going to cope?" Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's such a funny thing. You're right. Like technology, um, with, with like 3d printers and the fact that, uh, digital software nowadays has fairly good dupes for, uh, traditional media, like, uh, paint and watercolor brush sets and that Ugh. sort of stuff.
0: Um, a friend of mine showed me a watercolor app that he uses and I was like, mind blown because yeah, it does everything traditional watercolor does but then it does so much more and be like oh it's wet it's dry i want it wet again you know yeah and it's just like it almost seems unfair
1: (laughs) yeah it's uh it's it's amazing like how how versatile um and you know it it opens it opens a lot of doors like using procreate has made me certainly a, a better painter um where i'm horrible with traditional media but then um, I have friends that ink and, and paint traditionally and that sort of, th- of thing. And I look at what they do um, and I, I have so much respect for it because I'm just like, gosh, you've really got to be sure before you put pen to paper that you know exactly, you know, th- that you're confident that that stroke is going to be in the right place.
0: Right. Yeah. There's no um, undo button for that. N-
1: n- no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um,
0: it's it, It's so interesting and it's like the one thing that i always kind of and again i I come from you know older school comic background not that i worked in the industry just you know my experiences um that with the digital art there's no originals like you can't go and buy original comic book art you can't buy the animation cells so it's it i feel like some of that collector fun well, mm. can't be experienced in the same way
1: yeah this is uh this is a, an interesting conversation that i've i've had with my husband a number of times because he's he's a big reader he absolutely loves um loves reading loves uh, particularly sort of south american literature and that sort of stuff um and he gets very You know, he gets very disappointed and and frustrated because when I want to, uh, when I want to read a book, I'll I'll go and sort of uh, look it up, and I'll get it on Audible so I can listen to it while I'm working, or Mm -hmm. you know, I'll I'll sort of go and have a browse in in Waterstones or uh, or you know, Smacked wrist, but I'll go and look on Amazon that kind of stuff. Um, And what he likes to do is he likes to buy all of his books secondhand, which I'm now trying to do more of as well. Um, because, you know, to him, he's like, the, the trouble now is that there's, there's no sense of excitement anymore. Because if you're looking for a particular book, you know that if you go online and you type in the title, you'll just find it. It will pop up in, you know, in a dozen places and they'll have it ready there and in stock and stuff. Um, and you lose that magic uh, in similar sort of thing with, with singles, you know, when you go to a comic shop um of that that kind of chance find of something that you've been looking for for ages and you've not been able to track it down and it's out of print or there was a limited run or something, and there's that amazing buzz, that magical feeling when you find it and you pick it up and it's there in your hands, and you're like, I found it, it exists and it's it's like it it makes it treasure again, I guess um which you know is uh is something that. I think is, is we've lost a little bit with the, with the advent of convenience and and digital stuff. And for sure. Yeah. yeah. I used to
0: own a comic book shop and it was kind of like right around the dawn of eBay. And Uh, it it was so, it it was such a great tool, but it did, it really took away that, that, you know, the, the search, the treasure hunt, and you know when I started I, I'd come across something was, um, amazingly rare and people would come over at a comic book show just to see it and be like oh my god I've never can I look at it how much is it And yeah and then it people would people be like oh yeah you know there's one on ebay that's going for a little bit less than that or you know
1: yeah it um it, it really does kind of it sucks the magic out of it um and it's something that I'm I'm trying to do a bit more of now, uh, particularly when I go to conventions. Now that they're back, um, mm-hmm. thank goodness, because I've I've really missed doing them. Um, is is kind of uh, taking along like a little stack of of A five cardstock. Um, I don't know what size that would be in in American paper sizes, but like kind of you know about a half a page size or yeah. so. Um, and uh, and and just taking a pencil and an eraser and doing uh, kind of one-off sketches that I can then you know I'll, I'll take sometimes take commissions at the table sketch commissions that kind of stuff um, because it's it's nice to know then that there are some pieces out there in the world that I've not drawn in a pencil brush on my on my iPad um, you know they are not they are not duplicated anywhere that is a one-off and it's the only one Um, and particularly uh, with kind of um, with some critical role stuff that I've done in the past I've done you know a a couple of I think I've done like one or two Vax sketches or uh, something of Percy or Keyleth and I'll have them on the table and it's nice to know that when someone who really um, really really loves the show or loves that character that they get something really special that doesn't exist anywhere else and that's that's just theirs. This is this uh, and, critical
0: role you speak of? I've never oh, heard of <laughs> Oh,
1: well <laughs> I mean there might be you know, one who's... or two
0: listeners out there who haven't heard of it.
1: Sure. So uh so the main the main thing that I'm that I guess I'm I'm known for is uh there is this there is this small it's a uh, show Dungeons and this this little show this Dungeons yeah. and Dragons streaming show. Um that is uh, played by a group of uh, extremely skilled, very talented voice actors. Based I out it's, in LA, uh,
0: nerdy, nerdy voice, nerdy ass, nerdy voice ass actor. voice actors. Yeah. That's
1: the one. Um, I've and watched it once their, or twice. Oh well, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's their it's basically their D and D game. Uh, it's a streaming show that started, goodness me, back in 2015, I think. Um, then ne- they've just started their third campaign. Um, but way, 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 way back in the day, uh, in their first campaign, which was the Vox Machina campaign, I was the official artist and the character designer for the show, uh, which was an enormous pleasure. And I was very fortunate to work on it. And uh, and and that's kind of d- despite, you know, I like getting into comics and and doing freelance artistry and that sort of stuff uh out of university. Um Critical role was was basically the springboard that allowed me to to go fully, you know, to to go full time with it, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, I am I am eternally thankful for because uh, now I get to draw elves and and dragons and uh, and you know for for I guess uh, non copyright infringement reasons uh, things that look an awful lot like tieflings but aren't. Uh, so. <laughs> So yeah, they're human
0: demon um, hybrids, not tieflings. Totally different. They
1: are. They're they're demons. They're demons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So uh, for a bit of context, that's uh, that's the main thing that I I'm known for.
0: They um they've always been so supportive of their fans' artwork. Where they they, I mean, every single show they put up,
1: yeah,
0: kind of like a, a slideshow of it. Um, and I mean, some of their fans are legitimate comic book artists. Like I've seen names I recognize. How did you get involved in that? Did you just kind of get singled out or or did you contact them? Like, how did that even come about that you became the official artist?
1: Yeah. So, um, so basically as a, as a, I suppose, completely unconnected thing, um, I am quite a, a voice actor geek. Uh, I'm horrible to watch any show with voice acting in it because I'll sit there and I'll voice spot. Um, and uh, you know, years, years and years ago, um, I used to uh, basically work as a as a, a volunteer, as a, a chaperone, and a, a liaison for uh, the voice guests at one of the big London conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, And we had Liam over as a guest one time. And Liam being Liam, he was super chill and incredibly friendly. And we, you know, we hit it off and uh, hung out a lot over the weekend. And at the time, I think I was watching Wolverine and the X-Men and he voiced uh, Nightcrawler and Angel in that, who were basically two of my favorite X-Men. So I was nerding out really hard. Um, And, yeah, we just we we became friends, basically, and we just stayed in touch afterwards. Um, and he contacted me uh, a little while afterwards and basically said, so I have this game, this d and game that I play with a couple of friends at home. Um, and, you know, I want to get a commission done of, of the party. Is that something that you'd be interested in doing? Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure. No, that sounds amazing. I'll, I'd love to do that. Um, and then never got back to him about it. Completely forgot about <laughs> it. Um, very super, super pro, right? Yeah, it um, sounds like me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, the the next show um, we actually had Laura and Travis over, so I was kind of you know supervising them and and walking around with them and stuff. And through the course of conversation, we we kind of realised that oh, these are two of the friends that play in Liam's D and D game, and they were like oh, you're the artist he was talking about getting a commission for. Um, and and Travis, uh, when we were chatting, he basically said so we're actually thinking of streaming. A couple of episodes of our home game. Um, we don't know how many we're going to do. We don't know how it's going to go. Um, but you know, we'd like some, we'd like some assets. We'd like some artwork to, you know, to to go with uh, this this stream we're going to do. Um, would you be up for for doing that for us? And this time I didn't forget, and I was like, yes, yeah, that sounds <laughs> awesome. I will. I would love to do that. Um, and so I got sent an email. Um, with I think I was kind of working I I did meet them all eventually. They actually very kindly flew my husband and I out to LA, which was when I guested on the show. Mm-hmm. Um uh but yeah I, I was sort of working I think through through Liam initially as as sort of liaison and he sent me an email with the descriptions of of the all the characters from each of their players. Um and you know Liam's one predictably was with several paragraphs very detailed, very specific about, you know, this many pouches on Vax's belt and uh, <laughs> the length of his hair and, you know, the vibe and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, and it ranged from that level of, of detail uh, to like Laura's Sam's, description.
0: I figured Sam's would be the shortest.
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, I can't actually remember what Sam's was off the top of my head, but the one that does stick with me is Laura's, which was just make me look hot. <laughs> um, and that was it. Yeah. So, uh i think I think Sam's was pretty good actually um off the top of my head, but yeah, so i I got the descriptions through and uh we just kind of went from there and um and you know rest is is history, so
0: I don't mean uh, to say th- that you cheated at this, but that sounds like networking hmm? to me
1: i mean <laughs> one one could call it that uh you know it was it's very much i think the funny thing about networking is it's um it's i suppose at the end of the day like it, it, making making friends is is the best way to put it because mm-hmm. you know you're working in an industry you want to get on with the people that you have the that you may well be working with in the future it's good to have a you know good working relationships with people but it's also that you're basically getting yourself in people's minds right. for a, for a, for a job um so you know so that when someone I had I had someone recently approach me uh, for a project um, where they they got in in touch about this and they basically said we want to hire you because we think you specifically your style the way that you design stuff would be perfect for this and that it doesn't really you know you don't get a much bigger compliment than that that's a lovely thing to hear right. um, and that's really what you're I suppose you're doing with networking is you're kind of getting your work and, and your name and, uh, and and yourself in as many uh, potential uh, col- collaborative partners minds as possible so that if they have a project and they think of you and they think oh yes, that person that person would be really good for this I, or I you know I really want to work with that person you're you're then there you're kind of on the short list so. Um, which, yeah. you know, I facilitates think, all all kinds of things. So
0: I think like the best networking is when you're not even really intentionally doing it. And yeah, absolutely. Kind of out hanging with like-minded people. And it's kind of the premise behind this entire podcast is I feel like if someone who doesn't know you, Kip Bus or, mm-hmm. you know, whoever else we have on and they're a listener to the podcast in general and they come on, they're like, Wow, she seemed like a really cool, likable person. Let me Google to see what she does, and it's sure. easier to gain a fan that way than just trying to be like, go here and look at my my drawings and. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. I I mean, social media has has been such a for for all its for all its flaws. Social media has been. Uh, such a game changer I think particularly for for freelancers and for people in creative industries because um, as you know as I'm a, a, a sure you'll you'll know yourself um, that when you're working as a freelancer you are sort of also your own marketing department you mm-hmm. are putting your work out there online and you're you know and you're you if you're uh selling your own comics or you're doing your own writing that kind of stuff you're basically um you're you're having to to sort of put that out there and and uh, put it in front of people and go this is you know this is why you should read this thing that I've done or this is why you should get me to you know why you should give me money to to draw a thing um and so, oh gosh, I've I've <laughs> I started off on that, and now I've, my train of thought has spun ah, off, and I can't remember where I was going with it. That's normal um, for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even drinking; I don't have an excuse. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a it's been a game changer, and I think because of that, because people have that direct line, um, and they're getting some of your personality with it, um, it becomes much more a whole package sort of thing. So it's 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 easier to um, it's easier for people to go and kind of Google you or uh, or to come away with a like a I suppose like a more complete impression of the person. So um, no, it's a it's a a really good idea. Um, but you know, there's yeah, yeah. there's there's equally a possibility that people will come away going, "Wow, she talks a lot." <laughs> <laughs>
0: actually they're so, probably like andy didn't talk much this episode that's awesome
1: <laughs> oh no i'm sure that's not true at all
0: um but you you said um you know you've been to conventions and i'm sh- i mean now you've been on both sides of the table and mm. this kind of like jumping back to what we we're talking about before how that kind of uh, the drive for that search and that treasure hunt is kind of over and it made me think about how I've seen a lot of people complain about, like, oh, there's no comic books at comic book shows anymore, or they're all mm. about cosplay, or they're all about Artist Alley, or these photo ops. Do you think that is the byproduct from that convenience shopping? Where if I really want to find Giants as X Men number one, I can just Google Giants as X Men number one and find half a dozen of them instead of trying to find one at a show that's at a price I can afford?
1: Hmm. Um, it's, so it's interesting because I can only really speak from the point of view of UK conventions. I've never actually been to a US one. Um, but, uh, I guess th- using, using Thought Bubble as an example, which was the the show that I was at recently, um, that convention, it was my first time there and I'd heard nothing but good things about it from other friends who are all professional artists, um, and they basically described it as a convention that is just the artist's alley part. It's oh, a comics-dedicated okay. convention. Yep. Um, and I think what was, aside from the fact that it had a really lovely atmosphere, it was so nice because, you know, artist's alleys, in, again, in my experience, I can only speak from, but... Um, they they always have this vibe of being very community oriented, very supportive because everybody's selling something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you move from one table to the next, and you you get a completely different style, a completely different uh, perspective, a completely different kind of storytelling. And I, I think that's you know that's, that's such a, a great thing. Um, and it was it was lovely because I managed to get away from the table at one point and sort of you know do a do a quick circuit. And the amount of variety and originality, and you that was that was present, and you had veteran industry professionals there who had worked for all of the big names. You know, they'd worked for Dark Horse and Marvel and DC and Top Cow and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then you also have the people, you you have the students there who are doing this in their spare time. Uh, you know, that that are it's their first convention and it's their very first comic and there isn't much on their table but it's their first outing um you have such a breadth of experience and uh, and and like I say kind of uh I guess b- brand or uh, or style um and and insofar as that I think that's that's great because places like that um that is the place where you're going to find something that you can't find anywhere else. You're going to find stuff, uh, a lot of people who are self-publishing, for instance, mm-hmm. um, where you won't get it in the big comic shops and you won't be able to get it through big retailers. They may be selling books that don't even have an ISBN number. You will be getting something that you can only get from them. Um, and I think that has a, it that has that same kind of uh magic of the treasure hunt for me um but in terms of kind of the bigger shows where it has become increasingly about um you know meeting uh actors or celebrities uh or um getting signings done photo ops cosplay masquerades all that kind of stuff even even like the uh the sort of increasing presence of fan art in in -hmm. places like artist alley uh, stuff that draws on bigger ips um I think that I think it makes sense. I think it's a you know kind of an inevitable thing as shows get bigger and bigger, um, and I think it's it's also kind of inevitable with the fact that you have a really big appetite from fandoms these days. Um, again, in in terms of uh, how social media has changed things, the fact that fandoms are so much more engaged now and that. Um, you, I think there's there's a much heavier presence on on that sort of thing that people want to uh, come and express, uh, you know, a, a love or uh, indulging kind of an enthusiasm for for something, a show or a, a series or whatever that they're really into. Um, but I think to 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 come back off that enormous tangent and back to the original question, <laughs> I think there's I think there's both. I've seen both. I've seen a lot of stuff that is the kind of increasing increasing presence of merchandise and, and fandom and big IP and that kind of stuff. But I think there is also a very, very sturdy presence still of the original stuff uh, where you have whether it's self-publishing, Uh, comic artists who are just starting out that are doing only indie press stuff to professionals that are also tabling in places like Artist Alley where they have folios of their original pencils or their pages of original inks, that sort of stuff for the big name things that they've done. Um, So I've I've seen both. And as far as I can tell um, from my limited experience, there seems to be a very healthy... Um, continuation and presence of both.
0: Uh, have you had that kind of um, experience? I, I, you know, I have done some time in com- uh, artist alley as a, you know, that that fan art uh, that you you mentioned. Um, and one specific experience, I was at uh, Hartford Comic Con, and a gentleman came up to the table, and he pulled out an eight by ten sheet of paper, and it had my name on it and then he'd gone and he must have like google searched me because he had a series of images that i had done that i typically weren't even on my table mm. and he asked me to do a sketch on that sheet for him and it oh, blew wow. me away because i'm like he must have gone through the list of people and found who he liked and then google searched me and so it was, it was really surreal have you had like what was your first kind of like con experience where like Holy crap! That's a that's a fan of mine. Like I found that very bizarre.
1: It's yeah. It's um. It's definitely something that never gets less. This this sounds super uncomplimentary, but like it never gets less strange. Um, yeah. Uh, it's I mean it's it's really humbling. Um. But yeah, I I think probably the first, the first instance of that that really sticks out in my mind. Um was uh, I think I had because I you know coming coming up in in sort of doing comics and that sort of stuff, um, I had mentors that I really looked up to and that I remember meeting when I first met them, you know, through portfolio reviews and that sort of stuff, and being so nervous and and you know now they're now they're good friends and have become so over the years. but um, I remember tabling one time i think it was at a london mcm and there was a i think it was a, a, a girl who was probably in her in her late teens came up to the table and was chatting and she mentioned that she was an artist and i i sort of asked you know do you have do you have anything on you that i could see because i'd really i'd love to have a look um and she she brought out her sketchbook and when she put it on the table her hands were shaking and it was such a strange moment because it was like god i've i've i have been that person i am still that person in <laughs> in certain moments you know yeah. um and it it was the first time that i'd ever really kind of clocked someone being that nervous about me seeing their work and it it was a really strange moment because i was like but, but why you know like <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm no one like you yeah. know but it was yeah it, it's a strange it's a strange feeling um and incredibly flattering when somebody uh you know when somebody really likes your work in particular and they're, they're excited to meet you um and it doesn't it doesn't get less weird uh but it's always so um kind of yeah kind of astonishing um and it, it's also I suppose it's nice to think that um that all of the times when when you've been coming up and you've had mentors and you've had people that have uh you know um put your name forward for something when you weren't when you weren't known it's nice to know that you can pay that forward for other people when you get to that point so yeah, yeah. for sure
0: yeah one of my favorite things to do is help people get their podcast off the ground because I, I you know,
1: yeah I have
0: that person i we blindly stumbled through it um yeah so it's 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 always weird to find someone um my most recent experience i'm sure I've told the story before but um uh do you know jim Maffood? uh yes so we had him on the podcast not too long ago, and I did the whole you know oh we started in two thousand eleven as drinking drug all all the pre pre-recording you know uh stuff i always tell people and he's like i know and i'm like what do you mean you know <laughs> like i know who you are and i'm like i don't understand and Ooh. he's like well you had wax taylor on your show and I'm a big wax taylor fan he's like so i listened and then you know doc hammer on the show and he's a friend of mine so i listened to that and he's like so I, i've heard your show and i'm like yeah but what do you mean
1: <laughs> yeah just,
0: i didn't know how to respond i was just it, it blew me away and then in my brain oh, i'm like i should so be cool. recording this
1: oh no yeah. <laughs> a moment of validation no that's yeah. amazing uh,
0: so that, that 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 was like my high point i think this year so yeah. um what are you working on now or can you talk about anything that you're working on now i don't know about ndcs
1: yeah so i i have um i'm gosh i'm i'm NDA on N- yeah, NDA'd sadly, quite a lot NDC. of the stuff that i yeah. uh yeah i'm i'm uh as, which is really frustrating because you know it's it's all really good stuff and i'm super excited to to talk about it um in in sort of non-specific terms i'm working currently on designing a wargaming range uh which is not something i've done before like designing a range for tabletop oh um yeah uh so like
0: you're doing the art i don't want to get are you are you doing the artwork I'm, for it or the like sculptury type stuff
1: Uh, So I'm, I'm not, I'm not sculpting, but I am, uh, I am concepting, I suppose, Um, which, which is, you know, a whole, whole different ball game uh, and a really, it's been a a really great learning, learning curve, Um, particularly because, you know, I'll, I'll send over designs and stuff um, and they'll, they'll come back to me and they'll go, oh, we, we really like it. Uh, Our sculptor is crying.
0: The, you know, and I'm like, oh, how does she expect me to do that It's
1: not fair. that's it that's it yeah um yeah, 3D so printing's bullshit <laughs> yeah yeah i mean um but yeah so it's so that's uh that's amazing and i can't wait to to like be able to yell about that in in detail um i'm working on a pilot issue of a comic uh with a with a writer Uh, that isn't me, which uh, is, uh, I haven't done that in a little bit. So that's, that's quite, you know, that's me having to go kind of like, oh my God, my pencils have to make sense. Oh no. (laughs) Um, And uh, also working on the one that I can talk about, I'm working on uh, the fifth issue of my comic series, Cloven Bloodlines, um, which is, I wanted to get it done in time for the shows that we were doing this year. um, But it's, it's basically now uh, getting it done ASAP um sort of uh, scenario but that's that's being worked on at the moment cover art is done really excited to get that out um so yeah like working on on a whole mix of of stuff at the moment um but uh, in in the interest of of treading lightly sadly i think that's yeah. probably as as much detail as i can go into but
0: where can uh, people go to get your book is it available in comic shops or is it like a
1: Uh, So it's, it is, uh, it is available in, in a couple of sort of uh, high street stockists in the UK. Um, So I've had, I've had my stuff in Forbidden Planet uh, Mm -hmm. in, in London. Um, And uh, there's, there's also a a very nice comic shop who deserve, definitely deserve a shout out in, in Winchester, my hometown Uh, CGC who are a great bunch of lads and they do an excellent job and they are nice enough to keep stocking my my comics so I'm very grateful for that (laughs) Um, other than that uh, you can also pick it up uh, through my website store Uh, so the best thing to do is to find me on Twitter or Instagram at Anemone t, and you can find links to my website through there which is www.anemone and uh, new issues go up there as they are
0: ready nice yeah that's uh you know we got we always got to get the those plugs in do that little that's self-promotion it, that's yeah it. Yeah. Uh, yeah but kid it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show and um i'm really anxious to hear about this tabletop because i'm such a gamer nerd um ah. we'd love to, <laughs> if, if you want to come back and talk about it when you're allowed to we would love to have you back on
1: oh my goodness uh that's that's very kind of you i would absolutely love to i think uh it is due i think it's you should be hearing more about it next year
0: nice
1: um but yes i will i will be yelling from the rooftops about the one i'm, I'm very excited about it so but you know thank you thank you so much for um for just letting me ramble Uh, it's been really great
0: i I tell you i love guests that like to talk it's the ones that give you one word (laughs) answers that you're like kill me now this is terrible
1: oh no Uh, i mean you know just just give me an excuse and off i go so
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome uh so thanks again so much uh we'll be in touch and i'll let you know when this goes live and for our listeners uh thank you guys for listening we'll catch you guys again next week
1: amazing thank you so much
0: and thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at anebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk, Podcast. Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Art Network, which you can find at Anebriart.com. So thanks again for listening.